Podcast Movement Sessions is sponsored by Storyblocks. For more information, visit storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. There's a lot of stuff to take in here. It's such a friendly atmosphere. There's just a genuine level of community. The community of it is really like the magic. Hello and welcome to Podcast Movement Sessions. I'm your host, Ted Woods. This season on the show, through conversations I recorded on-site in Orlando and audio pulled directly from the podcast movement stage, we're taking an up-close look at PM19's society, culture, and advocacy track. What does that mean exactly? Well, over the course of this season, I'm hoping to peel back the curtain on all the incredible discussions that went down at Rosen Shingle Creek to reveal why the podcast space provides a powerful outlet for underrepresented voices, how podcasting allows creators to share their unique cultural experiences, and what podcasts can do to have a positive impact on society. Today, the incredible power of the podcasting community. I love the podcasting community. It does feel like a community. The podcast community is very open and always willing to learn and share. We're dedicating an entire episode to discovering just how creators have embraced this connection, especially when compared with more traditional media. Podcasting is entirely different in that regard from journalism. In many other mediums, I don't think there is that much like lifting up that I see in podcasting. Plus, we'll shine our podcast movement session spotlight on veteran podcaster and co-founder of the She Podcast community, Elsie Escobar. When it comes to the way that we behave towards one another as a community and the way that we speak towards each other, historically it's been very kind, very open, very supportive. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Podcast movement is one of the best places on earth to meet, connect, and build a relationship with like-minded podcast creators. PM has consistently strived to put the community at the forefront of everything they do. It's part of the reason why the private Facebook group has grown to nearly 30,000 members strong. And it's something co-founders Dan Franks and Jared Easley take a lot of pride in maintaining. People that attend other events, uh, regardless of what type of event it is, they don't always feel as welcome or they don't always feel like they're part of a family or uh, can just immediately start talking about something that just someone else is resonating with. Where here, it is a very collaborative spirit. It is a very synergistic mindset. And so you can literally walk up to almost anyone and say, tell me about your podcast or tell me about what you're working on. It's like a built-in icebreaker. And it is a built-in icebreaker. People are happy to talk about that and they want to know about what's going on with you too. And that is across the board. That's uh, all ages. That's all ethnicities. That's all genders. It's uh, pretty amazing that podcasting has created you know, this type of community and podcast movement is able to be a part of it and serve it. Spoke Media co-founder Aliyah Tavakolian told me about her experiences on the floor of PM19, where she was able to connect with the company's team of creatives and soak up the unique energy found only at Podcast Movement. 
at Spoke, we're so fortunate to get to work with a lot of really interesting and exciting creators. So like, for example, you know, we're working with Sam Dingman on his season two and three of Family Ghosts and uh, Ariana Nettleman and Vanessa Zoltan, who put together uh, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. And now with us, they're doing Hot and Bothered, this show about... Um, romance novels and how they can they are totally valid and a valid form of joy in this world that is a little bit dark right now and it's fun being at podcast movement with people like ariana and sam and and meeting new creators who are making things that i've never thought of before and just sort of hearing people's ideas i love just being you know in in one of the parties last night just all of these people sort of talking about their ideas and just you could just sort of feel the excitement vibrating and that's really exciting i love i always love coming to podcast movement for for that reason just to hear people pitch their ideas, talk about their ideas all in the same room. That sort of energy is, it's, um, it's, it, there's nothing else really like it. Another podcaster who I met and connected with this year was Lee Pfeffer, co-host of History is Gay. It's a research-intensive podcast, but Lee admitted that a major highlight of podcast movement was meeting and connecting with creators who exist outside of that lane. So I've actually been checking out a lot of the audio fiction track, which has been really neat to see and to see this convention welcome it and to just get a wealth of perspectives from people I'm meeting people who have finance podcasts that I never would have thought to listen to that have really interesting things to say and I've been meeting other history podcasters like I met Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class which was really cool like oh cool this is a podcast that I look up to the podcast community is very open and always willing to learn and share and collaborate, which I think is so fun. Everybody's so busy doing so many different projects, but there's always the conversation of, hey, do you want to do something together? I've got this great idea. Collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. That's a core principle of the podcasting community. This idea that we don't need to hold each other back. We can, in fact, lift one another up whether our shows are big or small. We'll dive deeper into that mentality and how it differs from more traditional media next. Podcast Movement Sessions is sponsored by Storyblocks. If you've ever been in need of a quick soundbite, B-roll clip, template, or graphic, you gotta check out Storyblocks. All the music and sound effects you hear in this show came directly from Storyblocks. Easy to search, easily identifiable by genre, by type of instrument used. It's really, really slick interface. I've just been loving pulling clips from Storyblocks. Now, I've been producing podcasts for several years, and oftentimes finding that perfect music clip or sound effect can be really tough, especially when you're on a budget. Clients come back with feedback that changes major aspects of a show, and we don't always have time to go back into the studio to re-record a needed piece of music or SFX. Now, that's where Storyblocks comes in. Whether you're working on a podcast like me or a video series of any size, you'll immediately have access to an unlimited library over 1 million assets strong. Let me say that again, 1 million assets Anything from Storyblock's massive library of high-quality footage, After Effects templates, music, illustrations, and sound effects is yours to download with their unlimited all-access plan. Use your downloaded content anywhere, including on YouTube, 
All content is royalty-free for commercial and personal use. Stay on budget while telling the best version of your story with flexible subscription plans that scale to meet your needs. And Storyblocks is always adding new content and making regular product updates to give you the best experience possible. To learn more, head to storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. That's storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. This is your first time at Podcast Movement. It is. Are you enjoying yourself? I am very much. It's very well organized. It's been nice just running into some names that you recognize. You look down at their name tag and you're like, oh, you, I know you. Favorite moments so far from Podcast Movement in general. Being able to talk to people that I just know from Slack or from email in real life is really cool because everybody's so freaking nice. Have you ever been to Podcast Movement before? This is my first time. This is your first time. Okay, so how are you enjoying the experience so far as a first-timer, Barson? I am quite enjoying it. It feels comfortable. I feel like I belong. And that hasn't happened before. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And then talk to me about your experience with the podcasting community. I love the podcasting community. The beauty of podcasting is it is new. So the community building is there because we're all looking to each other for, okay, how, how can I, can you, do you know how to do that? Or wait, maybe you can help me with this. And oh, that's so great that you actually know what podcasting is and you're, you do what I do. That's amazing. And it's also a very isolated thing. So we're by ourselves a lot, especially if we're working in tech. Because of that isolation, I find myself wanting to connect more when I am around others. And so being here feels, I feel like I'm at home with people that actually get what I've been doing 12 hours a day for a couple of years now, sitting at my desk alone, just grinding, where other people maybe not don't really understand why I'm doing that or why I'm working so hard or what's the point or I don't get it it's just podcasting why (laughs) you know it's especially people from traditional media they're like but why are you wasting your time on that when you could be making movies or you know there's a lot of um, disconnects I think from the other side so when we see each other meaning other podcasters I automatically feel connected so that's something I look forward to and I think the community itself just sort of breeds that Recognize that voice? It's Avant House Media founder Christina Barcy. We heard from her in our previous episode, The Badass Women of PM19. Barcy works hand in hand with podcasters, giving her a distinct perspective on our unique community. We find room for each other in ways that is exciting. We're all trying to help, and I think part of that is due to the infancy as well. We're all like, how do we grow this thing? We don't want it to go away. I don't want this to go away. (laughs) To me, this idea of podcasting is avant-garde to a lot of people and to us it feels normal it feels like yeah this makes sense this is this feels good (laughs) but it's still very indie and I love that spirit to it podcasting may still feel very indie but it's certainly becoming big business around the world organizations like the IAB Magna Global and Forrester Research all predict that podcasting will become the next billion-dollar media market within the next couple of years. One person who has a great perspective on the growth of podcast advertising is Allison Marino, founder of the Lipstick and Vinyl Podcasting Network. Here's what Allison had to say about the community aspect of podcasting versus her experiences in more traditional media. I've always loved the aspect that it does feel like a community. And when I, you know, became part of it in 2014, 
it still felt small enough, like we all knew each other. It felt very much like being at the center of something new. And when I started, you know, reaching outside of the organization I worked for outside of Midroll and found these other, you know, really smart people worrying and trying to solve the same things that I was trying to solve, like, hey, we need to call up Nielsen or somebody and get some ratings so people buy this media. It was really encouraging. And so it was, again, starting to percolate. And if you wanted to be part of it, you could jump in and be part of it. And it was just really rewarding to share with people you know, on the outside, whereas in traditional broadcast, people aren't open at all. It's just very you know, secretive, close to the vest. We're in an office with closed doors. We're not sharing with our you know, competitors because we want to kill them and beat them and squash them. Everybody seems to be more willing to help one another out. We're all just trying to figure it out. And I can say with 100% confidence that I'm certainly still trying to figure it out. Here are Meredith Stedman and Christina Dana, two film and TV vets turned podcast producers for Tenderfoot TV, on the collaborative nature of podcasting versus traditional media. I think it's incredibly collaborative. And actually, in many other mediums, I don't think there is that much, like lifting up that I see in podcasting. Like we do ad swaps a lot and that has been huge for us. I think one of the reasons Up and Vanished blew up so much is we ad swapped with other podcasts that were like Up and Vanished, like other true crime podcasts. And therefore we were helping them and they were helping us and both of our listenerships grew. There's not many places that I can think of in media where there's direct shout outs to like competitors. Like, come listen to my competing podcast. It's more, it, we don't think about it that way. We think if you like this, you'll also like this. As a company, we do a lot of collaboration with other companies like Tenderfoot works with iHeart to produce the monster series, Atlanta Monster, yeah, Zodiac, Insomniac. You know, we're all for making something as big and collaborative as possible. When we're working with these other companies and people approach us for partnerships, they're looking for things that we sort of have to offer. So the classic examples are we have a wonderful composer, Makeup and Vanity Set, and people really want to use him as a resource, or we have a great graphic designer, Trevor Eiler, and so people want to use those resources. And I think something that makes me feel really good, and I think I would say the same for you, is that we are also sort of considered resources at our company, that people also come to us or they come to the rest of our creative team to get notes and get feedback and get direction. And so as someone who's new to the space, as a woman, I think being valued by our company as this like resource that we can offer in partnership feels really good. Cincinnati Inquirer investigative reporter Amber Hunt was a print journalist far before hosting and producing her podcast, Accused. When I spoke with her backstage at PM19, Amber again echoed my sentiment that, compared with the community she's encountered in podcasting, traditional journalists definitely carry around an us-versus-them mentality. Podcasting is entirely different in that regard from journalism, because if a journalist typically sees another journalist's work and respects it, they're annoyed that they didn't do that story. You know, it's, it's much more like, oh, I, I could have done that. Whereas here, there's a... There's, a quicker impulse to support somebody for doing great work. And I think that that's a lot healthier because, frankly, like, if you've got good peers in your genre, then they help rise. What's that saying? A rising tide gathers all boats. Yeah, exactly. Podcast Movement co-founder Dan Franks agrees with Amber's zero-sum analogy. 
Whereas traditional media concerns itself with taking audience away from their competitors, Dan surmised that podcasters are less interested in competition because as the general public becomes more and more interested in listening to podcasts, it will eventually lead to all shows growing their audiences. In a lot of other mediums, it feels like a zero-sum game. Like there's only so many newspaper readers to go around, so they're either going to read my paper or their paper, and we're going to do whatever it takes to get them away from that one and onto ours. Um, whereas podcasting, I feel like we all feel like it's growing medium still. So yes, we have lots of people listening to podcasts, but there are a whole lot more not. So I feel like we don't have that same zero-sum game mentality where, oh, if they listen to that podcast, they're not going to listen to mine. It's, okay, we have our built-in listeners. People are listening to podcasts. Let's do something you know, good for them, but let's keep doing good things for everyone else and maybe more people will come into podcasting. So I think that's the biggest thing is nobody feels like, okay, the number of listeners is what it is. Now we're all fighting for those ears. Right now, I want to shine our podcast movement session spotlight onto an integral member of the podcasting community. Not only has she been creating podcast content for 13 plus years, her work at Libsyn and in co-founding the She Podcast community has helped encourage countless creators to explore their truths in this growing medium of self-expression. I'm talking about Elsie Escobar. Hi, my name is Elsie Escobar, and I am a podcasting advocate and a driver of change in the podcasting space, co-founder of She Podcasts, as well as a leader of the community over at Libsyn. There's a couple of threads that I kind of want to unwind with you while I have some time, but the first one really is about culture and community. Obviously, the She Podcast community is a space that you co-founded in order to have conversations with women that so they could feel comfortable in the space. Talk to me about She Podcast, would you? She Podcast was really created as a as a place for safety for us. Like, not necessarily safety as in we were like, you know, oh my God, our lives are in danger. But it was like a comfortable place to go where we felt like we could ask kind of dumb-ish questions about podcasting and not feel like we didn't really know uh, where, who were we asking about and learning vocabulary, supporting each other, addressing issues that sometimes aren't really addressed in terms of podcasting that are sometimes as simple as you don't really have the option of having like the, the amazing studio or the high-end audio or you, we have constant you know disruptors coming into the, into the room while we're recording. Um, things like that that are just really basic, like how do I do this? Um, I've, you know, there's a lot of us women that haven't really ever been around audio production. So starting from scratch and doing the best job that we can, plus feeling heard, is something that is why we all came together. Elsie spent a bulk of her time at Podcast Movement in the Libsyn booth, speaking directly with some of the thousands of creators in attendance. So I asked her about that experience connecting with folks IRL at PM19. It really is shocking because there's a lot of people that come to us that said, we don't know what we would have done in this community without She Podcasts. And there's times when I like step back and I go, wow. And it's really not, I mean, yes, we created the space for this to do it, but really it's the community itself that helps each other and supports each other. And when it comes to the way that we behave towards one another as a community in the way that we speak towards each other. Historically, it's been very kind, very open, very supportive, very respectful, so that we don't go in there and say, 
how dare you podcast with insert whatever, you know, law, like breaking of model that we're supposed to do. It's really like, wow, you're using that. Interesting. I use this and this and this, and that seems to be working for me better. She podcast co-founder Elsie Escobar spoke with me backstage at PM19 about assisting podcasters in streamlining their processes when launching a new show. And Elsie brought up the importance of taking things one step at a time. I'm sure with podcasting, you know how hard it is to do all the things, right? You start to do it and you go like, oh, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be cake. You have your idea and you're like, oh my God. And then the reality of the minutia starts to set in and the marketing of it, the, um, the real like clarity of the editing, the ability for us to make sure everything's like streamlined in the RSS feed. Like what does your artwork look like? There's all of these little tiny things that you don't really notice. And at first we have to get just that one thing right. We don't have to get it all right. And so what we try to help with our ladies is like, what if you are just, you know, you just are using, what is it, uh, with those free call services that record your phone call? Okay, you start that way and then slowly start to up level, but not to be able to like look down on somebody because they're doing it that way. To really understand the capacity of somebody's growth in the space and be able to nurture us as where we are. So I would talk to somebody who's been in the industry now for three years with our podcast and notice their growth, really acknowledge where they could do better or maybe, you know, choose this differently than I would somebody who's just starting out. Like I'm not going to hit somebody over the head with all of these things they've got to do. Because for me, keeping our voices going is a lot more important than making sure everything's pristine and you have to have all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted because sometimes we misspell things. (laughs) It's true. We all make mistakes. We're human after all. But one thing that is unmistakable is Elsie's clear and continued passion for podcasting more than a decade into her career path. But she wanted to remind creators who may be hitting roadblocks in their journey that they should keep their heads up and not worry about moving on to the next chapter if they need to. We all have seasons in our lives. We all are like really into something at some point and then we kind of stop it. And let's say we embody that. I'm using the metaphor of like watching, you know, um, TV or watching like series. You know how like let's say you're doing um, Game of Thrones or uh, Stranger Things, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And you're really into it for like that period of time and you're immersed in that whole conversation. And then you know what, you're, you're kind of done with it and then you move on to whatever the next show is. But that doesn't mean that you don't still love Game of Thrones. Yeah. You're still, you, it's part of, but not of your everyday life. So the way that I bring that back is that it's okay if you move on to something else. It's okay if you were really into your podcast for three years and then now you're ready to move on or you're ready to switch to a different topic or you're ready to give it up. It's okay. Now, when it comes to me, (laughs) I'm so in love with this medium that I don't feel like I can't not talk about podcasting every day, all day long. It's just something that I would do. So even if I wasn't in the business, if you will, if I wasn't working at Lips and if I wasn't running She Podcasts and I, for whatever reason, I like went away, I'd still be listening to shows. I'd still be like a, a, such an amazing advocate for the space and people's voices and 
underrepresented voices out, that's just my thing. Like, that's just what really makes me tick. Well, Elsie, one of my highlights has been sitting here with you this morning. So, so thank you so much for joining me. And uh, thanks again for being on the Podcast Movement Sessions. Thank you so much. Next time on Podcast Movement Sessions. The more producers and reporters and outlets decide to go for the more difficult, complex stories over the simpler um, and maybe kind of more salacious ones, I think that we're going to be better off. We'll explore the power of good journalism in podcasting and how reporters have brought a new level of professionalism to one of podcasting's most popular genres, true crime. When somebody passed this case on to me to just check it out and see if it was worth an investigation, I had no intention of doing a podcast. I had never done radio or any audio reporting before. Plus, we'll discuss the importance of connecting with the community you're reporting on and get some tips and tricks from some of the best in the business about creating an ethical true crime podcast. You start where you are, and then you make the next logical step, and then the next, and the next. They have to be good at narrative. They have to be top-notch journalists, and then also people who can go out in the field and get good tape for us. Make sure to subscribe to Podcast Movement Sessions wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere you are, we are. And you know what we would really love? If you enjoy what we're doing this season, why not leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? And tell your friends, it really helps get the word out about the show. New episodes in your feed every single Friday morning until the end of the season. Find Podcast Movement wherever you social media. We're at Podcast Movement on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And remember, tickets are on sale now for Podcast Movement 2020 in Dallas and Podcast Movement Evolutions this February in Los Angeles. All interviews and sessions for this podcast were recorded at PM19 in Orlando. Podcast Movement is the must-attend event of the year for podcasters big and small. Meet like-minded creators, check out the latest trends in content and tech, speak with some of the biggest companies in the space, and maybe even record a podcast episode or eight for yourself. Find all the information you need at podcastmovement.com. While you're there, why not sign up for our daily newsletter, PodMob Daily? More information again at podcastmovement.com. Until next time, I'm Ted Woods. Find me on Instagram at Ted Woods. Thank you so much for listening to Podcast Movement Sessions. See you next time.